thanks for investing your time because really as a you know you are a lot of you are thinking are, am i an investor in the corporation well listen time is money and you know you're spending your time so technically yeah i'm gonna say you're an investor so Thanks for, thanks for being an investor. But if you look, if you go to laughsrup.com, join the mailing list, you'll be informed of some very exciting investment opportunities that are even better. Look, the more you invest, the better the ROI, basically, right? So very excited about that. Go over to laughsrup.com, join the mailing list, like I said. Uh, come to a live show and uh, be informed of the investment opportunities and when all the laughs are going up on the internet. Man, this Mueller report, oh, so sad, right? So sad, dude. It really looked like he was going to get, he was going to get uh, something. And the thing is, he did get something. He was just like, look, technically, it's not the exact thing you need. That's basically the report. The report was, okay, Go here's the fucked up thing. Going into the report, and this is what's so sad about America right now, how divided we all are. Going into the report, we all knew, everyone knew that the Russians tampered with the election and they tampered in a way that helped Donald Trump. Okay, F everyone knows that. That's the facts. Can't argue with that. Okay. So then um, <clears throat> this guy does a report and he's finding a lot of shady stuff, you know, a lot of like emails to Russians back and forth. Manafort got busted. That other loser. But, you know, a bunch of people got busted. You know, a couple of people turned on Trump. Um, I love how Manafort came in a wheelchair. Oh, so, such a, oh, what a move, dude. Right out of the Godfather. Remember in Godfather where they were busting all the mob guys and then the mob guys come and they're like, oh, I, I can't breathe. Oh. Like they're, they're on this like, they're like, this, this court case is giving me too much stress. And they're like, dude, you murdered 500 people. Can you come to your goddamn court case? And then they're just like, no, no too much. My doctors say too much anxiety. Like that kind of shit. Basically Manafort, so, dude, just such a vicious guy, and he comes to his court hearing like when when it's clear that like they got the evidence and he's gonna he's gonna do some jail time. He comes in in a wheelchair, Ugh. and then they're like, "Oh, what happened to your leg? Oh, it's stress related." Okay, dude, can you just just stand up tall and take your goddamn time, dude? What is this man coming to court in a wheelchair? Stop. so funny but also just keep, come on like so funny if you know what Manafort like all the shit that he did he basically like him and Roger Stone invented modern day lobbying like you know how they're like you can just get in America you know because it's just looks more and more like a corrupt third world country right now um <clears throat> no offense if you're from a third world country uh so racist but America is just like okay you don't pay taxes so it looks like shit the corruption is like, it's like, okay, they, oh, technically it's not corruption because they have, they basically just have lobbying. They just legalized it. They basically legalized corruption. It's called lobbying. They legalized it. And who legalized it? It was Paul Manafort and uh, Roger Stone, basically. They had this like consulting firm and their consulting firm was like, how can we play with the laws and adjust things so that lobbying becomes legal? And not only did he do that, like this Manafort guy, he is just a classic, vicious alpha. He knows how to play the game. Uh, he did a lot of dealings with dictators. He got dictators funding from the U.S. government. You know, stuff like that. Like, he was a vicious guy. Like, dictators that murdered, like, tens of thousands of people. This Manafort, he would get them funding from the U.S. government. Like, he, he knew how to get all that paperwork done. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
And basically, he would do it for like business interests, right? Like uh, he would he would do it in exchange for, you know, he would get lobbying money from like a dictator, let's say. So some a lot of times it was the dictator giving lobbying money to a candidate, and then that candidate would pass a law that would essentially just funnel bil- like millions of dollars into that country and into that dictator's pocket. Am I making sense? Am I going too fast here? And what I'm saying is this Paul Manafort guy is vicious, dude. He's such a vicious piece of garbage. Oh, this is the other thing that came out with him. He, in the, in the Mueller report, like all the declassified documents, there's a bunch of text messages with his daughters. So apparently this Manafort guy, and this is true for all these goddamn sociopaths, he, he would make his wife do gangbangs with um, male hookers. Like he would hire male hookers while he was on the Trump team. Like the Trump cell phone from that, he's, get, he's setting up hooker gangbangs on his wife. His wife didn't want to do it. Or I don't know. Some people I tell were like, are like, eh, she has to pretend that she doesn't want to do it. And, but that's, no, come on. His daughters are like, his daughters have these text messages going back and forth. This got declassified um, in this Mueller investigation. But they had these texts going back and forth saying like, do you know what dad's doing to mom? Like, it's not fair. And mom's crying. Mom was crying yesterday. She doesn't want to do it. So fucked up. And then, and then, but you know, all of that, like, look, none of that's okay. None of that's okay. But when you do all that and then you get busted, can you just go to court, stand up tall and say, yeah, I'm a fucking sociopath, dude. What? I'm a maniac. Like, how could you have not figured this out by now? I'm going to destroy this planet. Just put me in fucking jail, dude. That's what he should have said. Come on, man. At some point you got to just be like, yeah, I'm fucking vicious, man. Get rid of me. I'm terrible, dude. Oh, this Manafort, dude, he comes in in a wheelchair. It's too much, dude. The wheelchair, I couldn't, I, I, I don't know what it is, dude. You come in in a wheelchair. When so, I hate when someone gets busted and then just can't just goddamn own up to it. Just fucking own up, dude. What's this goddamn wheelchair? Anyway, back to the Mueller report, like the, as a whole. The whole, like these, all these lefties, because on the way, you know, some big people, some big players got taken down. We know going into the Mueller report that the Russians hacked the election, helped Trump, hurt Hillary. Um, and he had to just prove that there was collusion. So by the end of the report, a bunch of people got busted. By the end of the investigation, I mean, a bunch of people got busted, a bunch of high-level people. But by the end of the report, if you even, in his own words, like his opening sentence on the report is basically like, his opening sentence on the report is basically, um, look, I technically couldn't, charge him with collusion, but he's done all kinds of shady stuff, all kinds of illegal stuff. It's terrible. The document's heavily redacted, but I'm just telling you. Like, Mueller even said, look, this guy's fucked. He did some shit. Uh, The Russians hacked in our election. A bunch of Trump's guys who were working for him, they did stuff, but he technically didn't do stuff. That's the end of the report. But here's the problem. The culture is so goddamn divided right now. The left and the right are so, like, I guess entrenched. That all of the Trump support, all the right wing people, the Trump supporters, they hear that and they're like, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. They don't care. I mean, the Russians hacked your election. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, man. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm being alarmist because I remember when Bush was in power, you know, and if you're young, you don't remember this. But when Bush, George W. Bush uh, won the election, we all thought that he was the worst thing in the world. We all thought that he was pure, awful, terrible. But now he looks like such a silly little guy, doesn't he, compared to Trump? Because with Bush, 
he was like the goofy little front man, and then Cheney was the vice president, but he was actually doing all the shit. And that's basically what the movie Vice is about. Cheney just basically said, we're going to Iraq. And Halliburton's going to get the contracts. And that's just what it's going to be, baby. And that's what, that's what uh, Cheney did. But with Trump... So 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 with so but with George W. Bush there was like a, a silly goofy frontman and then the evil was in the background. With Trump you're getting a two in one package deal, because it does feel like Pence doesn't do shit. You know what I mean? Pence does seem like a pretty typical vice president. He's just kind of hanging out. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass. Tell me. I don't know. Put something in the comments or whatever if you know something that I don't know. But from what I can tell, Pence is just like a silly guy, kind of just hanging out. You know, kind of like Biden. Although people now are saying Biden was actually a pretty good vice president, but kind of like, uh, no, but Biden was goofy. Uh, so many times, man. Remember when, I remember one time uh, Obama, when Obama passed health care and uh, <laughs> he's coming out to make the announcement and Biden, so goofy, he just goes, hey man, we fucking did it. <laughs> fucking did it, bro. And it was on the mic and Obama had to be like, okay, okay Joe, okay, Joe. Okay, great. Yeah, no, we did it. Great. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Great. We fucking did it, man. <laughs> Biden goofs are so funny. You can just watch these Biden goofs. They're so much fun to watch. He does so many goofs. He does so many like... Okay, the last goof, uh, Biden goof that came out was him just creeping on little girls. Okay, rude. That's super wrong and awkward. Because um, those were all like him being like... And this is on camera. And some people think that he was on some drugs, like he was on, because his kid died, and he was, a, he's a war veteran, so he might have been on some weird medication where it just makes you too, like, uh, you know, like, um, I don't know if you guys have done M, ugh, I went my cousin's wedding, like, three, four years ago, one of his thug-ass buddies just comes and just gave everyone M. It was incredible, dude. Oh, it's so good. Don't do it. I mean, I'm not telling you to do it. Just do mushrooms. Honestly, just do mushrooms. Mushrooms does the job. M, I remember M, the next day I called a buddy and I told him and he's like, oh, you'll never be that happy again in your life. Literally, it burnt out some of your happiness receptors and you can't ever be ha that happy again ever in your life. Apparently, that's what heroin is and apparently that's what's in Oxycontin. Not heroin and M are, are different drugs. M is actually not so bad. People are doing studies on M. Um, as a cure for PTSD and stuff like that because it is such a jolly, happy thing. Although I don't want to recommend anyone do it. Don't, guys, don't do drugs, okay? Come on. And when I say don't do drugs, I mean smoke weed. All right? It's legal. Do the weed. That's enough, okay? Mushrooms too. Come on. Mushrooms natural. Mushrooms natural, guys. Listen, this culture is broken right now because we're all spending thousands of dollars. We're all alcoholics. Isn't it funny how you say, like, hey, you know, weed is okay, and a fucking alcoholic will be like, oh, you're into drugs? I don't do drugs. It's like, dude, the alcohol is way worse. Are you crazy? I don't want to start doing weed bits here. You know, I sound like a guy in a weed room comedy. Um, but what are we doing, guy? We look like idiots. Weed is illegal. Alcohol, people are drinking and driving, killing each other, and still there's this stigma. Anyway, I think mushrooms, I'm going to say. I do your research, look into it. <sighs> Don't ask a doctor. Be careful. Mushrooms, so good. But anyway, um, Joe Biden, there's a bunch of like clips of him on TV. 
and I think people are assuming that he was on um, OxyContin. And OxyContin is essentially a heroin derivative, I want to say. It's basically meth or something like that, right? It's basically like, it's so bad. It's destroying America right now. There's great documentaries, man. People that get into OxyContin, there's some people smoking it in like, it's big in Florida, I think. Um, and the people who smoke it are like, I can't, I can't be happy without it. They're just like, the, the worst thing is, is that this guy, the way he was describing it, and I guess this is true for a lot, for, for most other, for most hard drugs, not weed and mushrooms, but for most hard drugs, what he said was basically like, now that I'm doing OxyContin, I'm doing it not to be happy. I'm doing it just to be normal. Like the first Oxycontin of the day, that's just to get to normal because without it, he's miserable and he wants to kill himself. So first he has to do one Oxycontin to get normal. And then after that, if he does, if he gets to two, three, four, then maybe he can get that feeling of happiness. But the, ha oh my God, can you imagine? Yeah, I think I did my part on saying drugs are bad too. Okay, so don't, don't, tell, don't tell everyone that I'm used to do drugs. The point being, guys, is that I think Joe Biden recently, you know, and people are saying that he might be the front runner for the Democrats. So, so the, so the right wing people are going to bring up shit about him, obviously. But basically, a bunch of clips came out where he's just on these little girls. Like, he was like, okay, darling. Uh, and he was just a little, a little too creepy. And I think people think that he was on drugs or something. Weird. Weird. Look, hey, look, hey. I'm just saying, vice presidents are generally like silly guys. Not generally, but like a lot of times they're silly people. A lot of times they're like a younger person that should be coming up in the game. But then a lot of times it's just like a veteran politician who can't be president because they're too goofy. But they put so much time in that you're like, oh, we'll give him the vice president. That's kind of what I think. Even if you watch, uh, there's a great political movie, um, March of Ides. Such a good movie, but in that, uh, and Aaron, it, it written by Aaron Sorkin, I'm pretty sure, uh, starring Ryan Gosling and George Clooney. Great, best number one movie. And in that, they had that situation where this guy wanted to be vice president, where this guy had like a hookup, and he was like, just make me your running mate. And the guy, at the beginning of the movie, the guy running for president is like, you're a loser. I'll never make you my running mate. Are you stupid? Get out of my, you're goof. Like, you're nothing, right? And then by the end of the movie, that guy just had so many contacts, whatever. There's a great scene in the movie where the guy, where the, where the guy running for office is like, and I'd like to announce my vice president. Can't wait to run with this guy. Let's get over here, man. And he brings the guy on. <laughs> and it's basically like, this is Joe Biden. It's basically like, that's who becomes vice. I don't know. I mean, look, Al Gore should have won. Al Gore was vice president for eight years, and he should have won. He technically did win. Bush cheated. W. Bush cheated in Florida. And that's, that's pretty much a fact at this point. And look, I'm not even trying to, I'm not trying to play one side over the other. The game is the game, baby. This is America, and if you, you got to play to win. And I remember I was talking to my buddy about this, uh, and he played sports in America, right? You can really see the difference between, like, CFL and NFL. Or you can really see the difference between, like, how European people play football and how Americans play football. Americans play football like you should be trying to die. If you're not trying to die, I'm not even going to pay you. Like, that's how NFL is set up. First of all, to get to the NFL, you have to go through NCAA unpaid. And the whole time of that unpaid shit, you got to be fight. You got to be hitting so hard that you're you should be trying to get a concussion. If you're not trying to get a concussion, then f who do you think you are to try to get an NFL deal?
And then when you get the NFL deal, they don't have a union. So you could play, and then if you get injured, they have these weird things in the NFL where they're like, you get injured, you're out. Like, we're not even going to pay you. Super sad. And to get there, you can't basically can't do your college degree. Like, they just put you in a college where they're like, okay, just pretend, we'll pretend you're in classes, but you're here to play football. But we're going to pretend you're in classes. Yeah, that's why even my cousin in the States, he was telling me that um, I was, you know, he, he said he got into like bigger universities. <laughs> he ended up, uh, maybe he was making excuses, I don't know. But he said he got into bigger universities, but he said he went to the university he went to because he didn't want to go to a university where they had a football team. Because he was like, that's all anyone cares about. So you go to a university with a football team and it's like, that's what we're here for. The rest of you are, who cares? I don't know. Maybe those specific, like the couple that he got into and then he said no, but it sounded like a big name university and he was like, no, I didn't want to go there because they're just obsessed with their football team. So then he went to another university. Um, but that's America, baby. You got to play. You, they, they play hard. They play hard. You look at CFL, dude. CFL is like they're playing and then they got to be teachers in the, in the, you know what I mean? Like they play football in the summer and then they still got to be a teacher. Like the football pays like 50,000 or something for, you know, eight years that you can play football in your life. Because it's still tackle in CFL, right? But at the end of the day, like, even the coaches are probably like, hey, hey, take it easy, man. You got you to gotta teach in September. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're not expecting you to, to try to murder yourself and the other person. You know, and then European football, well, forget it. I mean, what are they doing? They're just like, oh, excuse me, pardon me. They're just kicking around a ball in this big spade. There's room for everyone, but excuse me. And then if someone even touches them, they're on the, ah, ah, they lose it, right? Canada really is perfect. We are. What a perfect balance. CFL, perfect balance. Okay, cool. You play, you play a sport. Sure. Pay, get paid 50000 a 100000 maybe. Be a teacher. Look, it's a fun eight years. People will have sex with you. You'll go to great parties. Call it a day. That's good. That's Canada. Man, we really got to teach these people how to live life. These Americans, out of control, right, with their NFL. Are you kidding me, dude? They murder each other. But that's how their politics works. They play to win, baby. So when I say that George W. Bush cheated, Trump basically got the Russians to cheat for him. I, I mean, I don't know how all of the Trump supporters are, look, are saying, oh, it's a cons you guys made up a conspiracy theory with the Russian collaboration. I mean, the Russian, the Russian influence is there. The fact that they wanted Trump to win, that's also a fact. All these people in the Trump administration, they were helping. That we know. He literally just said, okay, I technically can't charge him with collusion. That's it. That's all he, Mueller said, is that I technically can't charge him with collusion, and all these Trump guys are still, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. Uh, 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 fuck you. That's it, dude. We win, baby. That's it. That's America, right? Oh, this is what I was going to say, though. My buddy was, uh, he used to play sports. Uh, in America, he used to play uh, baseball over there. And he was saying, his coach told him this, his coach told him, if you're not cheating a little, you're not trying hard enough. You got to be cheating a little. You got to be playing all the angles. This is America, baby. It's cutthroat. You got to be ready to take the game, baby. You got to be ready to take it. Uh, even Trump, in his book, he has a book, I think it's called The Art of the Negotiation or Art of the Deal or something. But one of the major things he kind of teaches in this book is... When you're negotiating with someone for anything, this is a super Trumpism here, um, where Trump basically says, "Look, if you're if you're negotiating with someone, this is a bit of a Patelonomics, if I can be honest with you. This is a little bit of a Patelonomics because because the Patels are pretty 
are pretty ruthless with their real estate dealings. You know what I'm saying? But basically, Trump says in his book, if you're negotiating a deal with someone, if you're negotiating a price for a house, let's say, if you walk away from that and you don't feel kind of bad for the other person, you didn't, you're probably getting ripped off. That's what he, that's Trump's thing is like, you, you should negotiate in a way that you kind of feel sorry for the other person and fight for that. And if you don't do that, well, you're probably losing. You're a loser basically. Or like you're, you're probably losing money and it's, oh, it's so cutthroat, right? I mean, I don't, I This is why I can't go to America. I can't go. I know I have, like, I'm at that age. I got to go. My agent's like, eh, you think you got to go? And I'm like, you know what, man? It's so ruthless. And, and, and they're like, dude, New York, so gross. I'm sorry, but so gross. I can't do it. You know, but that's what we're doing here at the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation, laughsareup.com. I'm, I'm building a business where I can sit here and talk, and we'll get paid for this. We will get paid for this. I'm saying we, guys. You guys are investors. What are you, 25 minutes into this podcast? You're, you're here with me. You're here on the ground floor of a very exciting uh, business opportunity. Go to laughsrup.com. Uh, you know, get tickets to a live show. Find out when all the content's coming up. Because the show, the, I can talk. You know what I'm saying? And it is pretty tight. Just me talking, it's pretty tight. You know what I'm saying? You've been entertained. We're talking about politics. We're talking about the issues. Bringing the people together, I hope. Some, some people are so divided that you can't get them. It's hard to get them. But I think there's a lot of people that I'm reaching out to because I used to be pretty conservative. I grew up conservative. I'm Patel. You know what I'm saying? Patelonomics is very conservative. It's a very conservative mindset, Patelonomics. And I grew up with that, you know? So I think, I think maybe we can even reach across and bring the culture together, bring the people together. You know what I'm saying? And then when, the outrages, when, when, when laughs are up and outrages down, profits are through the roof. That's, it's coming, guys. It's coming. 10 episodes in. We are 10 episodes in right now. Holy shit. 10 episodes in, and they just keep getting easier. 10 episodes. What have we talked about? A lot of God, a lot of politics. I mean, I'm talking about real shit. It's not like I'm sitting here talking about some goofy stuff. Talking about real shit. Bringing, bringing the heat. Some, some going into some deep politics. Talked about Jordan Peterson, maybe a little too much. Still haven't talked about Gavin McInnes and that whole drama. That I, uh, that I kind of got into, but uh, I got to talk about that. Maybe next episode we'll talk about Gavin McInnes. But definitely have touched so far on the Canadian like right-wing maniacs that are in the game right now in America that are killing it. Because here's the thing, man. You look at Trump being the president, and a lot of people, a lot of lefties are like, when did they, how did this happen even? Did you guys get a sense of that? Like, Remember when the girl was crying? Have you guys seen that video? Oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that video in. I'm going to put that video in here. Dude, this video of the girl crying where she just. <laughs> oh, man. So, <laughs> so silly. Oh, my God. Um, oh, let me just find it right now. Let's watch it. It's so funny, though, right? Woman lets out agonizing scream as Trump's sworn in. Let's just watch it. As soon as I saw that, I was like, they're just going to laugh at us. Don't do this. Oh, my God, lady. 
what did you do? This is from like three years ago. This is from 2016. What is it? What are we in? 2019 now? Three years ago. Or like two and a half years ago. Oh, lady. This is the kind of shit, dude, right? When people get stuff like this and they're like, look, this is the left. This is these lefty losers. Look at them. <laughs> no she's no what a nice lady though that's a good she's a good person good person you know what's you know i'll say this positive thing about this trump i'll say this and and i was mentioning this before a lot of you guys weren't here for george w bush george w bush we all thought he was this bad and he turned out to be a sweetie now compared to trump but basically george w bush had the cheney behind him being evil trump is a two-in-one package deal but here's the thing all of that being said, you know, if I can bring a little positivity to the situation. All of that being said, the damage that George W. Bush did and really Cheney taking us to Iraq. I don't think Trump can touch that. I don't think anyone's going to touch that ever. I mean, it's almost as bad as Vietnam. Going to Iraq, I mean, we're still getting numbers back from it, from, from just... The damage to America I'm talking about. I'm talking about the damage to America and the way these people think, right? I mean, even my dad was saying this, where he's like, he's like, okay, well, if you get a terrorist attack, you got to fight back. And looking back, it turns out that, that actually, no, you don't. The correct response to the terrorism is what Obama did, which is six Navy SEALs go into Pakistan and get Obama. Oh, get Osama bin Laden. Ugh. That's it. That's all you needed to do, man. I mean, there's a lot of people saying that Osama bin Laden, he did what he wanted to do. He pulled the Americans into a, into a, a war that will ultimately bankrupt them, that'll give the people PTSD, put them in debt to China. I mean, that's kind of part of the bankrupting, I guess. Um, give their military-industrial complex such a stronghold over their government, like an even stronger stronghold, it feels like, after, um, after Iraq. And then on his side, Osama is like, Osama bin Laden is like, yeah, and I, I can just recruit people all day now. Every time you do a drone strike, that's, that's 50 more people. That's my guys now. And so there's a lot of people saying that in the end, the terrorist attack worked. This is so controversial. I'm so glad this is like half an hour into the podcast. It's controversial, but it shouldn't be, man. Come on. I love America. God bless America. But really, you guys, like the... You know, at least with the colonials, and I talk about this on my other podcast, White Man's Burden, very where we talk about colonialism, colonial history. Um, but, but you know, at least with the British, they would go and rape a place, and then the people in England got that stuff. In America, it's like they go and destroy a place, and five guys get rich. I mean, what's the point of this? I guess that's kind of like how the British started, because when the British, when they started in India, they spent 200 years of just corporate guys going... Just a corporation would go over and be like, hey, we're going to buy some land. Hey, I just need a little bit. I need my own police force on my land. Okay, my police force is actually an army now, and they're going to take you over. And that, that's, that's, it was like a slow buildup, and maybe that's what America's doing. Maybe these, these CEOs, these military company guys like who go and set up the deals and go fuck shit up, like um, who's the guy from the uh, Blackwater? Is it Blackwater? Yeah, he, Eric Prince. Oof, what an what a evil genius, that guy. He basically is a private military contractor and he gets like government contracts to just go fuck shit up in all over the world. And but he's a he's a CEO. He he was a Marine or he was in the military, I think. 
But then he just became a CEO, and now he's like a private contractor. The Americans sometimes the Americans hire him, some sometimes someone else will hire him, and he got he's got like a bunch of trained sociopaths who mercenaries who are like, yeah, we'll just go, yeah, okay, cool, we'll just go kill a bunch of people and just we'll just go squash a protest, sure. And they do that for the empire, the 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 American empire. I guess you could call it that. It's it is it is weird to call it the American Empire when you're living in Canada and life is so good, but for other people, it's basically an empire. It's not that different if you think about it. Like if you're not in America, I'm, I'm talking about if you're not part of the Western team. Uh, yeah, dude. Like they basically tell you what to do, and um, <clears throat> it's interesting how like even with the Cold War, and I think I've talked about this quite a bit so far. But I talked a lot about how the anti-communist scare was basically an excuse for the, mil- the U.S. military to build up all these bases around the world. And now they have, like, just an insane number of bases. But they started off with bases just surrounding Russia. And it's so sad because we come out of World War II. I say we because I consider myself a citizen of Canada, but also... I mean, of the American empire, if you think about it. Like, we're on this team, whether you like it or not. You're on the American team. If you're in Canada, if you're in Europe, if you're in Australia, you're basically, you get your privileged position, (laughs) you know, a little bit because America lets you. I know that's so, that's such a dark way to put it, but there is truth to it. I mean, look, you look at, uh, This is what I mean, though, specifically. Like, after World War II, these Russians just died for us for, like, just taking in that Nazi heat. We'd be Nazis, honestly. We'd be Nazis. We'd all be Nazis. If it wasn't for that little bit of, like, Euro supremacy that made Hitler just turn around and go and attack Russia, we'd all be Nazis. Like, he had England. He had it. And if he had just taken England, then the Americans would have been on their side. That's kind of where it was going, but... um. But there is this weird sense of like, of, uh, and you see it in, in like World War I, World War II documentaries. There is this weird sense of like w- the Europeans are above like Russia. Like even Russia is considered like that's East. That's the Eastern, you know. So Russia, obviously India, China, all that, uh, Middle East. Like that's all like below, like we're Europeans. So even though Hitler could have taken England at one point, in a weird way, he was like, no, but I like, no, but we're going to be friends. You know, they're just fighting back. I got some contacts there. We're going to be friends. Let's go over to Russia. And then Russia just took in that heat, took in that Hitler heat so that we could all. And then as soon as the war's over, the Americans are like, okay, you're enemy number one. What? Come on, man. The Russians weren't even really being like that, I feel like. But it is interesting how the Russians are surrounded by U.S. military bases. Like, surrounded, basically. And there was, like, this Bay of Pigs attack when JF, when John F. Kennedy was in power. And the Bay of Pigs attack was basically, like, Khrushchev and Castro. Khrushchev just made a deal with Castro, just being like, fuck these Americans. What the hell, man? They got their fucking boot on my neck all the time. I can't even have an economy. I can't do anything over here. Just because we said we're communist? What the fuck is their problem? So the Russians were like, okay, yeah, let's show them how it feels. We'll put a couple of missiles on Cuba, and that Cuba is close to America, obviously. And 
the Americans were like, like it, it is one of those moments where you go, okay, these guys are in charge. Like what a slap in the face. Khrushchev was, a was a great, like he was, oh, Khrushchev was such a great guy. Like he was so sweetie looking. <laughs> he was such a sweetheart, but he was still, he still like went to fight. And he was like short and fat and stuff too. So he was just cute. Everyone liked Khrushchev. He was such a cutie boy. Oh, he's such a cutie boy. And 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 the Americans just slapped him. What a slap in the face, dude. Your country's surrounded by my weapons, but you put your you put ten missiles on Cuba on Cuban land. No. And the Americans like they were like no. Yeah, you're surrounded by our weapons because you're a bitch. America's number one. Don't forget who your fucking daddy is. And they went to war over that, sent the Russians home, and they still have Guantanamo Bay. How crazy, right? That really, what a flex, though. That is, that, it, that was such a flex, man. Because right after World War II, they surrounded Russia with bases. They have missiles still pointed at Russia, probably. I mean, there's definitely some that are just there, like in the, like so close to Russia. But, and that's basically what NATO is. It's them being like, we need our presence all over the world. We need our missiles close to anyone who could potentially be a thing. We need missiles right there. We need a friend right there so we can put our missiles right there. So they have their missiles everywhere. And then the Russians are like, okay, we're just going to put like, t- they secretly put like 10 on Gu- uh, um, in, in Cuba. And the Americans are like, nope. I am daddy, bitch. I am fucking daddy, bitch. And um, they shut that down real quick. Uh, but anyway, let's move on, guys. Because right now I'm at my parents' house. It's like they want you to be fat, right? It's like they want you to be fucking fat, dude. You, no matter how many times I explain my diet to my mom, she's like, okay, no, okay, no, okay. Dude, it's like, can you get, I, I, so I'm telling her that I'm intermittent fasting. Don't make food. I literally, I'm like, I'm not eating till 2.30. 125, I miss, I'm just starts yelling. I can't wait for her to start yelling while I'm on the while I'm recording this. That's gonna be so funny. And she's like, I made food. I'm like, Mom, 2:30. I said 2:30. I don't want to eat until 2:30. Three. And she's like, Oh, but I made it. Argument done. Bypassed. Bypassed the argument. I already made it. But I told you not to make it. Already made it. And it's there. And it's fresh, hot food. It's incredible. It's great food. But she won't. I guess maybe I'm being a piece of shit too, though, because I'm like, I, I'll eat the food if you make it. <laughs> but I'm basically saying, just make it when I want. And she's like, no, I wanted to leave, so I just made it. But just, I want, to, I want you to eat in front of me, though. She watches me eat it, though. Isn't that fucked up? That's creepy, right? And then as I'm finishing it, she just cuts some mango. Here, eat this, too. And the mango from India that she's getting right now, uh, uh, it makes these Mexican mangoes really just tastes like what is this shit dude you have one of these indian mangoes it's a ex- flavor the the juice and the fl- it's too much it's three bucks a mango but you're getting ten dollars of value out of that mango it's ten dollars worth of whatever other mangoes are here squeezed into one three dollar mango that's the value you're getting really with the indian mango it's such a good mango it's like bright orange too maybe i'll get a picture of it but even her food, man, she just makes fresh food. It's like going to a restaurant. It's a full Indian buffet, like a full, and not an Indian buffet, like, like we're talking about rice, fresh bread. Bread is fresh. 
None of this old, you know, I just reheated the bread or I toast. No toast. No, no, it's cooked until it's toasted, I guess, or, or whatever. Like, it's just, it's cooked right in front of you, these flatbreads. That's fresh. The curry's fresh. Sometimes she'll do two. The yogurt is this, like, sour 10% fat yogurt. Oh, God is great. God is great. Um, and then just, she's got everything. And then the mangoes come. And then when I'm done, she won't let me do the dishes. So my dad's on this, uh, on this machine now. Um, I even took some footage of the boxes we have to get for him. So there's these boxes that we have to get for his machine, right? So these are the boxes. Once a week, there's like a pile of boxes like this. And then I got to smash them and tape them into that bundle right there. And usually the boxes are stacked all the way to the top over there. And then this is the extra paraphernalia. This, these two boxes on the side. This is the extra little like needles and like tubes and stuff that go into it from Baxter. So I guess they just sent the wrong boxes uh, this week. So me and my mom had to go take like the two or three wrong boxes. Because each of those boxes is like a different chemical mix or whatever. So, uh, so me and my mom go back. Like we just drove it back to the hospital. Oh my God. Why am I breathing so heavy? I need to do more cardio. So, so we drove it back. So we drove to the hospital with a couple of extra boxes, um, switched out the boxes, and um, brought it back. And then my dad goes, "Why are you screwing up so much? You screwed up the boxes this week again. Why are you screwing up so much?" Oh, just so rude, man. Come on, dude. This woman does everything for him. You know what I'm saying? You know what's so fun is. Even, even when he eats, like he'll eat and then he won't, he, he doesn't put the dishes. He just pushes it towards my mom. Like whatever direction my mom's in, he's like, and just walks away. Just leaves it on the table. And I told, I, I, I remember I was telling him, um, I was t- like, cause he always tells me to get married. And I'm like, dude, you know, it's, that's like work now, right? Like, you know, like women have freedom now and uh, they're not just going to do all this shit. Dude, there's once a week, there's a divorceable moment with these two. Just once a week. Just if you're around them for five hours, there's a divorceable moment. There's a moment where a white lady, just a brown girl born in Canada, just a brown girl born in Canada would be like, um, okay, I'm out. Okay, this is too much. I'm out. There's a, uh, every five hours, every 10 hours, there's a moment where my dad, oh my God, he's such a, I mean, he's cool, man. Look, that's the times, baby. That's the times, you know, he's like a 1950s man. He's a 1950s man and he just wants what he wants. And my, my mom just does it. And that's the way it is. And that's not how it is anymore. It's not allowed anymore, but that's the way it, uh, it is here. And my, my dad, one time my dad, uh, he ate his food. So he's still eating. My mom cooks him food, still eating. And my mom just said, okay, when you're done eating, can you just put it in the thing and turn on the tap? So that way the food doesn't stick to it. It's easier to wash, whatever. And, and my dad goes, what? And he looks at me and he goes, she's a Hitler. She's a goddamn Hitler. Dude, she, he called my mom Hitler because she said, hey, um, okay, you know the food that I cooked for you and you're eating right now? Okay, when you're done, just run some water over it. Just put it in the sink, run a little water over it. She said it like that, dude. She said it so nice. And my dad goes, a goddamn Hitler. Goddamn Hitler. Same thing. Hitler. <sighs> Don't send this to my dad. He's going to kill me. No, we're cool, man. Whatever, dude. My dad can take a joke. He was joking. He was joking, but he was also, like, not joking. I don't know. I can't tell when he's joking or not. Like, even when we switched these boxes, we brought them back, and my dad's like, why are you screwing up? 
What'd you screw? What are you screwing up for? Dude, they sent us two wrong boxes. What do you want me to do? <laughs> or not me, her. What do you want her to do? Like the company just sent two boxes wrong. It happens, you know? It happens. We're not even mad at the company even. And like my mom's the kind of person who would call a company and be like, excuse me, you made a mistake and fix it and whatever. Like she's down to complain. But it's such a basic thing. It's like, okay, we'll just, it's like two boxes, man. We'll just go, we'll just go grab the two right boxes. It's not a big deal. Why are you screwing up? Why, why, why are you fucking my shit up? These 1950s men. That's why, that's why, honestly, that's why I'm such a SJW cuck. I'm a cuck, dude. I'm a SJW I, with every, even since I was a kid, I've always been on girls' side because I have two older sisters. So everything, I'm always on girls' team. And now a lot of guys are like, you're a, a lot of guys hate me, dude. A lot of like right wing guys, Jordan Peterson supporter types, dude, they think I'm such a beta cuck, beta male cuck, SJW. There's all these words for it. But they're like, you're such a, like, just rep the boys team, dude. And I'm like, dude, you don't want too much boys team, you know? You don't want too much like, uh, uh, dude, the women will take care of us. That's the beauty of it. You know, that's the great thing, you know, and it, it does feel a little bit and maybe this is a little conspiracy thinking and maybe you don't know what I'm talking about because maybe I'm just talking out of my ass here, but it does feel like the right wing is represents the patriarchy and represents men and it does go into fascism like like Nazi shit and it seems like lefty stuff at it is is more like motherly caring nurturing and if it goes too far it goes into communism and here's my thing right and a lot of these right-wing thinkers a lot of these right-wing speakers and this is what i was saying before too about how trump people are like how did trump win trump won because he's got a dedicated online following of these dudes who rep his shit they love his ass they're not on the mainstream media so like you're watching msnbc you think fox news is like kooky whatever and then msnbc cnn they're the mainstream but really fox is kicking their asses in, in ratings but then you go on youtube and fox is just one part of a right-wing media team they're just the top players in the game the right-wing farm team is deep dude it goes heavy, and they're huge followings, and uh, and they love Trump. They all love Trump, and this is what I mean, that when Mueller comes out with this report, and the report is so like, okay, technically he didn't, technically I can't charge him with collusion, but he did a bunch of illegal shit. These are the guys that they're, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, fuck you, we win, bitch, fuck you. That's their attitude. It's not, oh, the Russians hacked our election. Uh, can we do, are we going to do something? I guess impeachment might be a way. It is. It, it, maybe it's a defeatist attitude, but I guess impeachment's a waste of time. But the Russians hacked your election. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's like not even about that. It's, it's just like, yeah, who, who, we won. Oh, they, they hacked the election, but they were supporting Trump. Cool. I like that. Okay, but next time they'll be supporting the other people. You can't have, like, how are you just going to be an American? You're an American, goddammit. How can you sit there and your number one enemy, you built up your whole military industrial complex fighting these Russians, your number one enemy in the world, and they just, they fucked, they hacked your election, dude. They just came in your house and they fucked your shit up, dude. They came in your house 
and they played with your TV and they played with your thing and they did whatever they wanted and they walked out and you're just like, oh, whatever, man. Oh, they're my friends. Don't worry about it. Ah, no, dude. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. There's a lot of right-wing people. If there's any right-wing people hearing this, they're like, ah, you lost. Suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. They don't care. Ah, so divided. The culture's too divided. But this is what I mean, man. Like, I've always been such a, such a girl. Not in, I'm vegetarian. Um, don't play sports. Uh, I cry. Like, I'll cry over anything. When I was growing up, dude, I would cry. And even my sisters were like, dude. Dude. <laughs> I would cry so much when I was a kid. My nephew's like that too now. Where just something happened. Just any... Just, it just gets to a certain point in the day and he just goes, like, just what are you crying for? Uh, does any, it's so scary, eh? When a young boy cries a lot, you just think like, when, when are you going to get your shit together? Uh, yeah, and here we are, guys. Here we are, Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. Support the corporation. Go to lapsrope.com. Make sure you, uh, you check out the investment opportunities. You're already supporting it. Listen, just by listening, you're here. You're here, you know, um, and I'm doing great. Listen, don't think that I'm some kind of, uh, I'm on TV, you know, I went to Just for Laughs, I'm killing it, it's fine. But I think this podcast is very important. It's important work that I'm doing. I've gotta, we got to bring the laughs up in the culture, in the community, we've got to bring the people together. Who's talking about this Mueller investigation the way I am? Everyone's talking about it like they're on their own team. No, we got to talk about it like, look, guys, okay, fine, technically he didn't do anything illegal. Technically, such a technical, the Russians hacked your election. Nobody cares. No, my insights are actually very smart. My insights are actually very smart. And if you don't get it, I mean, look, partly it's my fault because I should explain things better. And, uh, and uh, look, I can talk, guys. I can talk. I can talk. So, much, so, many, so many other things I want to talk about today. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is the Trump documentary. No, we got to talk about that now. The Trump documentary. Okay, here's the beauty of it. I'm talking about the Netflix one, American Dream. Such a good documentary. And when you watch it, it's almost like the origin story of a supervillain. And every hour, because it's like it's like five hours long, five episodes. Each episode is like a each episode of the documentary is him going up against a different person who gets in his way. Basically, it's the come up story of Donald Trump. So the first episode, as an example, and every episode is like this. It's like it's just like any come up story of a good guy or a bad guy. You have your you have the people that you go up against. Like every you you have to you have to come out with a banger project. You know what I'm saying? You have to you have to make a splash in the first episode. The way Trump makes a splash is he basically said, like as a sociopath, the way he makes a splash is he says, look, I'm going to make a building in New York. It's going to be one of the, it's going to be super tall. It's going to have my name on it in gold. And I'm going to make the city of New York pay for it. Ah. And by the end of the episode, he pulls it off, man. And, and, and basically, yeah, like, like when I say it's, it's an it's a origin story of a supervillain, it's like him with projects like that. Like how can I just destroy, like how can I just get what I want and then everyone in the way that just kind of goes, Donald, it's not, it's not right what you're doing, Donald. But Donald, that money belongs to the people of New York. And Donald just goes, fuck you, you're fired. Fuck you, you're fired. Fuck you, you're fired. And he, they don't even work for him. He's just saying like, you're fired. It's almost like as a villain, his move should be like, he just sets people on fire. Or he's like, you're fired. And dude, he, dude, there's people who, um, someone who came out against him was running for mayor. And Trump was like, no, you're not going to win. The people of New York don't vote for him because he's a he's a he's a terrible guy. He's a, he's a, he only cares about himself. He's a terrible guy. Don't vote for him. Like he that's the kind of shit he pulls. 
And the way he got the city of New York to pay for the building is he basically scammed like a billion dollars worth of tax credits and like other subsidies out of the city of New York. And the city of New York paid for his building. And that was his first come up. And he and his team even back then, like he needed the shadiest lawyer. If you saw the lawyer, oh God, you got to watch that documentary. So entertaining. The lawyer he hires, he was like a mob lawyer. And Trump was like, I like you. You know what? You can fight. You know how to get shit done. And he hired that lawyer to do the paperwork, to be like, you're the city of New York, you have to give him the money to do this building. And he gets the money. That's the fucked up thing. It's all the way through. It's like this. The second episode. Okay, the second episode is where the hard sociopath shit comes in. The second episode. Ugh. Okay, so this is the second episode is, is almost like a full attack on women. It's almost like dedicated to how he can just use women to come up in the game. So, the, so his first wife... His first wife is a rock. Like they are like she is a good business partner. Um, everything good in his life, including, I think, the daughter that he's like super in love with. I think that daughter is the first wife's daughter, um, including her. But also like this early business dealings that are like everything he does that's likable is through the wife. The wife is a smart, a smart business person, not a sociopath but smart and knows how to get things done and just works hard with him, whatever. And then one day, such a, such a trap he lays out for, for, for everyone. Uh, one day, instead of, he just decides he wants to divorce his wife, but instead of telling her, he tells like a tabloid writer. So he goes to the, to the writer um, of like a gossip call. Like he goes to a gossip columnist, right? A, a famous one in New York. And he says, hey, uh, I, I'm leaving my wife. And the gossip columnist says, why? Like, she's great, dude. She's like... The only likable thing about you is this woman. Like, just, you know, what, what do you, what, what's going on? And Donald Trump says, such a trap. He says, he says, I don't want to have sex with someone who's already had kids. Ah, great. Great. Say that to a woman. Say that to a woman and let's see if she doesn't fucking, what a trap. You can't say that to a woman. Dude, you can't say that to a woman. She's a gossip columnist. So he says to this woman, I'm leaving my wife. Why? Eh, I don't want to have sex with someone who's had kids. And the columnist says, but Donald, they're your kids. And he's like, yeah, eh, don't feel like it. Got a lot of options. So he starts cheating on his wife. But obviously this gossip columnist calls his wife, calls a lawyer. His wife hears it for the first time from the gossip columnist. The go but what a trap. Like basically Donald Trump is basically setting up a publicity stunt because he knows that this gossip columnist is not going to keep that to herself. Gossip columnist goes immediately to the wife and they get a lawyer and they say, hey, this is what he told me. What do you want to do? Let's do a story. Let's go to the press, do all this stuff. Meanwhile, D Trump's already cheating on uh, on his wife with the, like some model. Not Marla Maples, but the one before that. I forget her name. But he's already cheating on his wife with this other with this other woman. And like, uh, oh, it's just so sad. It was basically just a media stunt to A, get laid, which worked right away. But B, also to uh, just get attention off of some building that was going to, like the media attention was basically to save $50,000, $100,000. Like it wasn't even, it's, it wasn't even like that much about, it was such a trap. Like he went to the gossip columnist and he lays this trap out knowing that it'll create this media circus, take attention off the building. In the meantime, I'll just cheat on her. That'll help it along, make the story even bigger. And then he, he's, he just, you know, just divorces her in the end. I mean, but, but I'm just saying, like, you could have just divorced her. 
is all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, let's have a little respect for the game. You know, there's countries where you can't even get a divorce, where like, if you want to get a divorce, like they'd all come to murder you. This is America, dude. If you tell someone you want a divorce, it's like, okay, you know, they might try to work on it. They might try, it might be awkward, but you don't have to do this. Dude, he went to the, the media and they told the story and then they really tried to make him pay for it. Like they really, the, the woman at the, um, the gossip columnist and his ex-wife, his first wife, they really wanted to show people like, look at what a terrible guy this guy is. And they tried to do that. And in the end, it didn't work. Like in the end, basically like everything else. Trump got exactly what he wanted, but at the end of that segment, and this is what I mean by it, it's like a come-up story of a, of a supervillain. It's almost like one of the people or two of the, the good guys that tries to fight against him are this gossip columnist and his ex-wife, and they try to fight against him, and it doesn't work. And at the end, they have the gossip columnist, and she does this final line. like to end Because so, the segment begins with her explaining the story where, she, where she's like, but Donald, they're your kids. And so that's the beginning of that segment. And then at the end of the segment, shes it's just the same woman being like, that's when I knew he couldn't be stopped. Oh, my God. It's so sad. Such a, oh, my God. Such a good documentary. So good. And, and, and the worst, okay. But the worst thing of the documentary is you get to the end. And this is what I mean by like such a sociopath, A, but also all these people who, who, who like him and think that, they identify with him like, like, oh, he's like me. I'm a hustler too. I can take it. I can, I can do it. You don't have it in you, man. Are you kidding me? You can't do what he's done. You got to look at it. You got to look at it. And I guess the Democrats are sociopaths too. I'm not going to pretend like the Democrats aren't sociopaths. And also in the end, I don't think, even with eight years, I don't think he's going to do the damage that the Iraq war was with George W. Bush. The damage of the Iraq war is so through the roof. So that is kind of positive. That's kind of good. You know, but anyway, the point is that at the end of the documentary, the, the, the one of the big like New York Times reporters who, who studied uh, Donald Trump at the end of the documentary, he's like the craziest thing about all of this, all of this havoc that he's that he's like wreaked on like like he's ruined lives along the way. Because that's that's just two of the episodes I told you about. There's five episodes. Each episode is just full of like people that he's destroyed. Just he's so quick to just ruin someone's life just to win. Like, not even to get the money, but just to say, I'm the winner in this situation. Um, and they get to the end of the documentary, and the guy goes, the crazy thing about it is that he didn't even make money. He's at a net loss, maybe even. Or, like, he did, like, like overall, his net worth might be lower, even. Or, like, he might have lost money doing all this. Because the numbers are, like, you know, they're shady as fuck, but, like, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people saying that if he just took his dad's real estate... And just sat on it. Literally just do the bare minimum. Do the renovations every five, ten years. Because you got to renovate. Like if, like if you're, think about it like this. Your dad, <clears throat> imagine your parents left you an apartment building. Just a building. Like just imagine that's all your parents, <laughs> all your parents left you. Your parents left you an apartment building. Fully occupied. It's in New York. Like you'll never have trouble occupying that building. You can just own that building and live a good life. And I'm not even talking about live a good life like, you know, a modest life where you got to go in and fix the toilet. I'm talking about you can have a management company on it that just gives you five, ten thousand $10,000 a month. You can chill out. You can travel. You can do whatever you want. And if he had just sat, and, and, and what his dad left him was a lot more than just one building. It was, you know, I think it was a couple of complexes, like apartment complexes. But if he had just sat on that, I mean, he didn't have to do any of this, you know, but that's the thing. 
That's the thing that makes all of these sociopaths so sad. Him, Cosby, Gomeshi, um, I guess uh, uh, Weinstein. What makes them all so sad is that they're not even in it for the money. Uh, they're in it because they just want to hurt someone. Isn't that fucked up? How crazy is that? The joy, like, like that's, but that's kind of what it seems like. Where it's less about even with Trump, like you watch the documentary, and there's a lot of people who say he's stupid. He's not stupid. He's a sh- he. His instincts are so he has so such tight instincts, man. He's got these killer instincts. He knows how to play the game. He knows how to ma- like ma- just manipulate, you know, manipulate the media, like manipulate people on a mass level, but also individually. Like he knows how to do a well placed phone call and just doesn't give a fuck, man. The the um the best thing and 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 it's it's almost inspirational as a comedian because him his documentary and the Roger Stone documentary they're almost inspirational as a comedian because it's almost like they're living bits like they're doing these hilarious bits that a comedian should do but a comedian comedians don't even have the guts to do it as a joke and these guys are doing it for real to hurt people like for ex- or to just to make a little more money like for example um when he's doing the whole thing about leaving his wife <clears throat> this the, the the episode where he left his wife part of that episode in 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 a in a part of that episode and I think this is like one of the most famous stories of his but it's such a comedian bit that he did he it's like it's so out of an 80s sitcom like tell me this isn't the most out of an 80s sitcom shit like perfect strangers like balky could have done this like, this is totally like a bulky Perfect Strangers move where um, uh, uh, he's just trying to get more media coverage, right? So another go- gossip columnist uh, calls him, I think from the New York Times, calls, calls his secretary and says, what's going on? Don uh, Donald's with uh, Ma, who's he with? Is he leaving his wife? Uh, he's leaving his wife for her, and now he left her for her? What's going on? And the secretary goes, darling, we call you five minutes. Don't worry, darling, we call you. And five minutes later... Donald Trump just called as his own publicist. Didn't even change his voice. Didn't even change his voice. Like, just same voice. Didn't even make up a name in advance because the name he made up is too goofy. You know when someone's like, it's a hi. Uh, <laughs> like, didn't change his voice. And they're like, oh, what's your name? Uh, 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 Michael uh, Michael Al- Albercock. Some dumb name, like he just—it sounds like he made up the name on the spot. Doesn't even change his voice. As a comedy actor, how insulting! Do your work, man. Can you do a little preparation? Sit down, make a name, like make up a name, come up with a voice. Think about what background the voice could be. Something. Doesn't even do that. Not even any respect for the acting game. Come on, brother. You can't. You can't put on a voice, dude. I mean, I guess it would have been difficult. He would have had to put on the voice for like five, ten minutes. And then, and then as this character, as his own publicist, he just calls this, he just calls this, um, this reporter and he says, yeah, yeah, you know, Do- Donald's got a lot of options. Uh, you know, man, uh, yeah, Madonna wants to have sex with him. Yeah, Madonna. Madonna's trying to bang him. Um, you know, and then this model in Italy, she, uh, she was actually with Mick Jagger, left Mick Jagger because she wanted to be with Donald so badly. He's got just too many options right now. Dude, just on the spot, coming up with that kind of like, that's good writing. That really is. Like, that's just out of a movie or something. Like, his fake character that he made for his own publicist is just the riffing that this guy, because he clearly didn't prep it, no voice, didn't come up with a good name, but the riffing that he does after, it's so tight. He's just like, he's like, oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah she, she was with uh, Mick Jagger, actually. Dude, this is like in the in the 70s, 80s. Like Mick Jagger's huge at this point. 
Mick Jagger's like known for banging everyone. And uh, yeah, she's an Italian model. She was with Mick Jagger. Doesn't like Mick anymore. Yeah, apparently wants Donald Trump. Yeah, and then uh, he just broke up with Madonna too because Madonna was really in love with him. Broke up with her. <laughs> he's got too many options. He's uh, he's not gonna be able to stay married. No, he's gonna leave his wife. Yeah, yeah. How how are we gonna compete? You know. You ever think about that? I mean, the lefties are sociopaths too. It's not like we can't just sit here and pretend like it's only the right wing people that are such psychos. But come on, dude. That's another level, right? Isn't it? That's such psycho shit. You know? And like Clinton was pretty bad too, but Clinton was bad like, you know, he fucked around. It was normal-ish. It wasn't this level. I, I mean, uh, you know, but then they, they, they did all their deals with Saudi Arabia. You know, and, and on, with, with, with dictators, the, the left-wing party in America is corrupt as fuck, you know? And, and, and it just makes you think that, that like, maybe you deserve it on some level. You know what I mean? I mean, what, where, what's, where's the American anti-war party? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Like, they, they are committed to being at war forever in America. There's, they can't do it. They can't stop. There's too much money tied up in it. There's too much. There's so much money tied up, and they've bought out. Like, here's the only thing I'll say is that the right wing team. It seems like when when I think of what could destroy America, you know, there's all this talk about like the left. Oh, what if they're communists and they might destroy the underlying? They might create an underlying decay in the culture with their loose values and their communists, whatever. Like, there's all this talk of the left, right? And to me, that's a bit of a conspiracy theory. But on the right, you got guns, tanks, missiles. Like, you got actually blowing shit up stuff. Like, you got actual guns. Like, these lefties are like, oh, they're out of control. They might punch a Nazi. You have guns. All of the guns on the right-wing side. You got, the, you got the cops. You got the... For a minute, you had president, Congress, Senate, and Supreme Court. You just lost the Congress. Okay, fine. But you still have everything else. The Supreme Court, the way they took that? Come on, dude. These right-wing maniacs got everything, and they still act like victims. They still act like they're the ones being oppressed or something. But they got pretty much everything other than Congress. Um, but but I guess what I'm saying is that is that like I would also say that on top of having that, like when I think of what could destroy America, I think of military-industrial complex. Too much, man. The debt, it's in, it's insane. Like they're just so tied up in war right now, and like they can't get out. They can't just say no to it. Even though they're going in so much debt, people are coming back with PTSD. They're not giving veterans benefits. So there's so so I think of like when I think of what could destroy America, I think of military industrial complex, prison system, war on drugs, that kind of stuff, corruption in the financial system. Okay, fine. Uh, corruption in the financial system. Okay, fine. You can put that on the lefties. You can put that on Bill Clinton probably, because Bill Clinton passed this Glass Steagall law as he was leaving, and that's really what led to a lot of shit. It's such a minor little detail. But he basically opened up Wall Street to a bunch of sociopaths, Bill Clinton, as he's leaving office. To me, military, prison, um, even financial deregulation, to me, these are all things that are things that the right-wing people believe in. Like, that's, like, you guys are doing that by design because that's what you want. You have that kind of an attitude of, like, being a hard-ass uh, like you have the people on your side that, you know, don't like immigrants. Uh, that's kind of on the right wing side, right? Am I crazy for saying that? Uh, you have those people, you have the people that are like, our religion is number one and we have to defeat that other religion. Uh, you have the people that are, or, or, or our religion is number one and we have to defeat those atheist communists. Uh, you have those people on your side, right? Whereas the lefties, look, I'm not saying they're not supporting all of it, but it's not by design. Like they're supporting it because they're weak, and they didn't have a backbone, and they couldn't say no to the money. 
because that money is so good. That military money, you can't win the elections without it. You can't. How are you going to win an American election without that military money? Now, the new candidates coming up in the game, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, Andrew Yang, they look like they could they could do it differently. Love Andrew Yang. I'm going to talk about Andrew Yang a lot on this podcast. Asian American. Not that not that that even matters, but you know. Yeah, who cares, man? Just listen to him. Incredible, incredible. This the the so progressive. So and like progressive in such like the smartest way, and no bullshit like social justice shit. No like I don't know. I mean, the most he'll go on social justice is he'll say, look, Donald Trump is saying that the immigrants are destroying your jobs. Andrew Yang is like, look, it's not the immigrants. It's capitalism. Capitalism created technology that's making jobs obsolete. Don't blame the immigrants. But so so that's but to me, that's not like fake. That's that's a very real issue. Like, that's a very real way to put that, I think. And it seems like Andrew Yang's the only one talking about it like that. Who else is really bringing the heat like that? I mean, I've heard everyone's opening things. Buddy G's kind of fake. Beto, eh. Hot. Beto is hot. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Beto isn't such a cutie boy. Uh, yeah, he's and he's skateboarding and shit. <laughs> These are the presidential. <laughs> These are the presidential like guys running for the Democratic Party. At first, it was Beto, hot for one second. Um, beautiful, beautiful man. Uh, then you got Buddy Zizh, gay. Basically just put up one banger speech saying like, if you have a problem with me, you have a problem with God because this is how God made me. Beautiful speech. Look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's not a beautiful speech. Nothing to say after that. Like, honestly, nothing to say. Just bullshit. No offense, bud. But figure your shit out. Like, there's so many, bu- there's so many clips of Buddy Zizh being asked like a real technical question like okay how do you how are you going to pay for this well you know i mean you can't figure it all out i mean dude i, I saw buddy g say you know what buddy g said on one thing he's like if someone tells you that they have the numbers done well then they must be lying because how are you going to have the numbers done already come on dude do your fucking research don't be so goddamn lazy man come on that's like a, something a comedian would say and it would kind of be okay if a comedian said it you're a, you're running for democrat get out of here man but he did one banger speech about, like, <laughs> it was, it's a good speech, though. It is a good speech, that first one. It's very rousing. But it's very not rousing. It's very, like, endearing where he's just like, well, if you have a problem with me being gay, you have a problem with the way God made me. You have a problem with God. Ooh, what a diss. What a clapback to religious people. Clapback. Such a religious clapback. This is beautiful. That was good, the speech. But then, yeah, he basically has nothing else to say. Guys, Yang. Yang 2020. People are already talking about the Trump slide. They have a name for it. Trump slide 2020. Trump slide. They're taking Trump and landslide and putting it into one word, Trump slide 2020. He's going to win, people. So sad, but he's going to. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay? Every step of the way. Every goddamn step of the way. He he came in, like, from the day he said, I think I'm going to run for office. For every step of the way, all the lefties said, no, he's not going to do that. He's running for office. Uh, but he's not going to do better than this candidate. 
defeated every basically treated like the right when you watch the the um his come up in the republican side when in the republican primaries it, that was like a come up of a supervillain cuz that was basically like each person just came, he, he basically attacked one republican at a time came up with a diss every he made a diss for everyone he made okay so uh, Lion Ted with Ted Cruz. Lion Ted. He made a nickname for him with uh, Marco Rubio. Rubio. Small hands Rubio. Small hands. What else is small? Dude, you're running for office. You got to do a small dick joke. Really? We're doing a small dick joke running for office. He basically dis Rubio on having a small dick. Um, Jeb Bush. He's like, not a real man. What, what was his diss on Bush? He always has a diss. And then Hillary Clinton. Crooked Hillary. She's crooked. Ah. He knows how to play the game, baby. He knows how to play the game. And he took it. And every step of the way, people are like, he's not going to win this one. He's not going to win this one. And then, of course, he wins. Let's go back to the crying girl. Oh, my God. And he's doing the speech in the background too. Yeah, sorry, lady. I mean, could you? Would you guys do that? I mean, it was sad the next day, man. I remember I was in an improv class because I used to get free improv classes because I did the because I hosted a show for them. Uh, and I went into class that day, and our improv teacher was like, "Is everyone okay?" That Trump won. It was like two. It was like the day before Trump won the election, and the improv teacher was like, "Hey, how's everyone feeling? Is everyone okay about the Trump thing? Do you guys want to talk about that first? I was just like, I just remember sitting there and being like, we're comedians, right? Shouldn't we be uh, laughing at this? Isn't that our job a little bit? Crying is what everyone else does. Aren't we supposed to be laughing? Shouldn't we just be coming up with some banger bits? That's our job. I mean, that's what I'm doing. That's what the Lord put me here to do, is to come up with the bits, baby. It, okay, it is sad. Look, it's not as bad as George W. Bush. No matter how you slice it, man. Iraq war, not even as bad. It looks bad because he's such a psycho. He's such a maniac, and it's so sad, but it's not that bad. Anyway, what are you going to do? Let's move on. Uh, Sufrish Patel. Sofresh Patel? Who fresh? Dude, we met somebody named Hufresh Patel this week. Hufresh? Hufresh. What a great name, actually. And then I Googled it. There's like, there's a lot. It's actually a name. And it's a name that guys and girls have. What the hell does Hufresh mean? Did not think that this was a Patel name. Oh, and then there's Hufrish Dasturs. Hufrish Dastur, very common name. Hufrish Patel, here and there. Um, Hufrish Jahangir Bizni. Hufrish and Maher Architect. Dadar East in Mumbai. Oh, wow. This is a, such a Bombay name. Hufrish Maher. Lots of Hufrishes. Never heard of Hufresh. It's like Hufresh. Hufresh. Good name. Wow, after all that Trump talk, that bit's not even, I'm, I don't even feel like, it's not even working that bit. It was so funny yesterday in conversation. Wow, that's weird how that happens, eh? You know what? Maybe I'll bring it back in another one. I remember I was talking, I was doing like making fun of names on stage once. How like, I just think it's so goofy how people from India and people from China too, they'll just give themselves the whitest name. And I'm just like, dude, when I was a kid, there was a, a guy named something like Sukwinder, but he was like, oh, but call me Bobby guy or oh, Bobby. I'm like, dude. You're not Bobby. You know? It's kind of like when I was in India, we had to wear dress pants, dress shirt, ironed, tuck it in, polish the boots. 
And I'm like, why don't we just wear Indian clothes? And I swear to God, I asked the teacher that once, and the teacher was like, oh, because we don't believe in ourselves. Ah, so sad. So sad. He said that to me, dude. I was in grade 10 or something. I was in grade 9. And this teacher, like the teacher, I was like, why don't, like, why aren't we just doing everything? Like these, the Indian clothes are made for this climate. They're just like, like f- the air can flow right through. It's beautiful. And even Gandhi was all about home spinning these, these natural clothes that, look, if you just own it, that's the fashion. It's tight. It's beautiful. But you just got to own it. And, and, I, and, and I remember I was, I mean, I didn't say all that, but I was just trying to tell the guy, like, why, why? Why don't we just wear Indian clothes? And the guy said, oh, oh, no, because we don't believe in ourselves. Uh, so sad. Oh, man, I can't end like this. What the hell? Guys, I'm trying to end this show for like 10 minutes now. Such a sad show. I remember one time, though, I was on stage. No, this is what I was going to say. I, I was doing a show, and uh, <laughs> there's an Asian dude on the show named Leonard. And, the, and, a, and, a, and he said his friends were coming. He said his friends were coming. So then a crew of Asian people came. I was like, hey, you guys here to see Leonard? And they're like, no. Like, they looked at me like I was being racist. If they're like, no, we're here to see Ernie. And I was like, I don't know what you, why you're mad at me. But basically, they were, they were mad because they knew that only an Asian guy would be named Leonard. And it's another Asian guy. And they were like, we're not here to see that Asian guy. We're here to see our guy, Ernie. Overall, too white, man. What's with this Victoria? You know, I've met Asian people named Victoria. Christian? Christian? And then the real name is like Zheng, Zheng Ding Yu. Anyway, I was doing one, this joke once on stage. And... um. There was like a white kid in the audience, orange hair, and he got so mad. He was like, why don't you let them have whatever name they want? He just said that out of the audience. And then other people started being, and then other, then then the Asian people were like, no, we like that. They defended me. I did it way better on stage. I think I'm just a little weird now. I think I talked about Trump too long. I think maybe I'm like one of these people. Maybe I needed to talk to the improv class. Maybe I'm like this woman who's just crying. Because you know, the woman crying like that, you do want to laugh at her, but then you're also like, yeah, I know it sucks, buddy. What are you going to do? These sociopaths, man. They can fight. They, they know how to fight. They fight harder than any of us. They fight harder than any of us. But you know what, guys? <sighs> this is Mish Patel Comedy Corporation. Laughs are up, a podcast. Uh, and if you go to laughsareup.com, the official website of the Mish Patel Comedy Corporation, you can uh, join the mailing list. Join the mailing list. Uh, 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 find out, uh, get the links to all the different platforms that uh, this content is available on. Uh, you can find out about live stand-up comedy shows. And you can find out about investment opportunities. You can get involved in the corporation because, listen, man, we got to make sure that these laughs are up. <laughs> My darlings, thank you for consuming this social media content from the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. My name is Amish Patel, CEO of the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. And uh, listen, if you're still watching this, you must really be in love with me. Or else, what are you doing here? It's the internet. You could be, you could be watching anything. You could be watching anything. But you're here. You love it. So why don't you just go ahead and subscribe? Okay, hit the bell button too. And then they'll let you know when I got more bits coming out. And I'll tell you this, I got bits. I'm sitting on bits, guys. So many bits. So many, I'm sitting on, I've over, I'm overstocked on bits and I am working hard to bring them to market for your consumption. So subscribe to the channel. Also, uh, if you want to watch a bit right now, you can, there's a, there's a bit, right? But you can click on the box right below me. That's a bit. You can click on me. It'll take you to a secret bit or you can go to laughsareup.com. You can listen to the full pod, podcast where these bits are cut out of. You can join the mailing list. You can uh, be notified. You'll be notified of live stand-up comedy shows coming to your area and you can learn about all of the investment opportunities at the Amish Patel Comedy Corporation. To do that, go to laughsareup.com or keep getting the bits or subscribe to make sure you keep getting future bits. Or, you know what? Share the video then too. 
If you're still here? If you're still here, I mean, what are you doing? You should be working for me at this point. I mean, at this point, you're an investor. Time is money. You spent your time, you're an investor. And if you look at our business model over here, you'll see at the top, social media bits. That's what we're watching right now, that's at the top. But if you follow it all the way to the bottom, you see on that ground floor, it says fans and investors. That's you guys. You are at the ground floor of a very exciting business opportunity here at the Mish Patel Comedy Corporation. So, like I said, go to laughsrup.com, join the mailing list, uh, listen to the full podcast. I think I said everything. That's all the stuff I gotta say, okay? Okay? God is great. <laughs>